What is going on, guys? I'm Steve. I am at FFI Committee. Today, I am joined by two of the greatest minds in fantasy football. I am joined by Austin Amendolia at F- Austin underscore FFL and Andrew Metcalf, Drew Met underscore FF. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's a great way to finish off a Tuesday with some fantasy football. Yep. Fantastic. We can smell football around the corner at this point. So close. We don't have it it this week. (laughs) We'll be going through withdrawals this weekend. But yeah, just one more football starts this weekend, right? So got to rep the the Seminoles and stuff. So, you know, my (laughs) Noles, we got a big game. We got uh, LSU on the docket. So I'm excited for that. But no, no tune up game. <laughs> had we had the tune up game last week. We played Duquesne, smoked oh, them. Okay. So, so, yeah, first time in FSU history, we had 300 yard rushers. But we're not here to talk about <laughs> college, we're here to talk about the NFL. So, without further ado, it's time for Fantasy by Committee. Let's go. all right thank you to my buddy ben michaels he is at ben michaels on tiktok for singing that song for us that is now that the ball blast girls are not here that is the best intro you're gonna find on the internet on any (laughs) podcast in my opinion i love watching you guys down at the bottom of my screen just boop bopping along everyone does it everyone's always like yeah everyone's just kind of like flowing into it it's really funny and i i just get really happy about it so we're about to dive into our first segment, which means I get to put another graphic up on screen, which is always my favorite thing to do. We're talking. It is time to buy or sell players. We are right around the corner from a lot of people doing home league drafts. A lot have already done it, but there's some still coming up, mine included. So I need your guys' input on these players. We're going to start right out the gates with the GOAT. Guys, do you buy or sell? Over under Tom Brady finishing better or worse than the QB eight. Wait, just to be clear on this, under means like better than QB eight. Uh, over is better. Under is worse. Okay, great. Uh, okay. okay, so I'm taking the over here because it's Tom Brady and he's gonna throw the ball just a ridiculous amount of times. Like, there's no reason to me this offense doesn't. Th- have another 650 to 700 pass attempts and yeah there's some offensive line concerns but i'm not going to worry about that too much i'm going to take the over on tom brady he's a top five quarterback perennially and i just i don't think we're going to get the fall off yet uh and he's going as like a 10th quarterback overall in fantasy drafts right now so i love the value late late like really late yeah so i'm late I feel very comfortable taking the over on this. Um, yeah. So for me, I'm taking. So do you say over is worse? Over or? is better. Over is better. Under. Is oh, worse. I got you. Okay. Yep. See, I'm, I'm also gonna take the over. So I mean, I've <laughs> I've go I've gone into the last couple seasons kind of fading Brady, Brady, thinking that all right, this is the time. Like he's <laughs> 42. He's 43. He's 44. So I'm kind of done with that <laughs> at this point. I mean, we just we just have to realize that like some some people just aren't aren't made like everybody else. So it it age doesn't matter to to Tom Brady. He he's, is so, he's gonna be the only one to tell Father Time when it's time to to hang it up. So I'm I'm, I'm going with the the over as well. 
I've never truly seen someone be like, I will literally dictate my retirement on my own terms 100%. And Tom Brady has literally been like, since he was like in his 30s, right? He's like, I'll play till I'm 45. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay. You're going to play until you're 45. Like, yeah, I remember now it was he's, like, <laughs> now he's 45. But like, you're only going to play till you're 45. Like, dude, it was like 10 years ago where people were saying that, all right, we're getting to the end of Brady. Like, we, yeah. we thought the end was coming about a decade ago. So, yeah, at this I point, wish, you just can't bet I, against him. I wish he had retired about 10 years ago, then maybe my dang Atlanta Falcons would have a Super Bowl by now. <laughs> well, hey, I'm, I'm a Rams fan, so I'm, I've also been jaded by uh, <laughs> by the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, uh, my my happiest football mo- uh, memory I have is I actually got to go to the Super Bowl where it was in Atlanta against the Rams and Tom Brady's last one with my New England Patriots. I am from Boston, oh, so yeah. I got to watch the whole <laughs> thing happen. Everyone was calling it the most boring Super Bowl ever, but when you're there in the stadium and every play mattered, that was amazing. Yeah. That I was forgot amazing. This. I forgot this about you, Steve, that you're a Patriots fan. I'm like kind of a Patriots fan. <laughs> well, I thought I was a Patriots fan until Tom Brady left. And then I realized that I'm like, I have no loyalty whatsoever. Um, oh, I root for fan. my fantasy team. I root for my fantasy team. That's literally all I care about. I'm like, who's on my fantasy team? And that's what I cheer for. Um, so I am basically a mercenary for hire in terms of fan. So, <laughs> um, I, root for, I root for three things. I root for Antonio Gibson, Chris Godwin, and Deontay Johnson. And after that, I don't care. Ooh, um, Gibson. Uh, he's a hot topic these days. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I almost had him in the show and I was like, oh, I talk about Gibson so much. Like yeah, that's he's so been on brand. On Twitter. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. He might, he, he may or may not be making an appearance later. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So we'll continue to the next player. Guys, do you have Brees Hall? finishing better or worse than RB24. As far as season end finish, I will probably say slightly worse just because especially based on what we saw preseason, I do think this is going to be one of those situations where we kind of have to wait for him to to take over the field from from Michael Carter. It was clear that they're kind of that that 50-50 split right now. Uh, it was encouraging though to see Brees get a lot of passing downs uh really over the yeah. last two Two preseason games, he was he was putting up some good blocks too, which is definitely something that'll that'll keep him on the field. So as far as season end, he'll he'll probably kind of be in that low end RB two range. But I think by you know by by mid season, he could easily kind of turn into one of those you know the next rookies that that breaks out and ends up being a, a league winner. I was so surprised, and maybe you guys weren't, but I was that they the Jets went and got Brees Hall in the first place because I thought Michael Carter was fine. I mean, I watched him in North Carolina; he was great. Yeah, I wasn't ter. I mean, I was a little bit shocked, but it also kind of makes a lot of sense like, just because so aggressively well, go get the position. Yeah, so to trade up to get a running back in general is the <laughs> use bit of a mood. <laughs> just like, why would you do that? But um, I or get why they like would go overall or second overall, like the Giants did, right? <laughs> You know, I mean, I don't think it's too different than just kind of like the Marlon Mack situation in Indy before JT came. So, I mean, yeah, Mark Mack was fine. He rushed for a thousand yards or so, but you yeah. saw when they got JT, that took them to you know another level. Then all of a sudden, they were a playoff team and a a fearful offense. So, yeah, Michael Carter is fine, but I just I don't think they would really get to the like the next level as an offense versus like when the guy like Brees will see his ceiling. So that's kind of how I see that situation. Yeah. So, Austin, do you have him finishing better or worse than RB twenty four? So I'm going to give a really annoying answer for this just to like get some insight into how I'm thinking about Brees Hall. So I have him worse in terms of where I'm drafting him. Like I'm not drafting Brees Hall as my RB2. I want 
if I'm drafting him, I'm drafting him as my third running back. And I feel comfortable with that because I do think he finishes as above RB24 by the end of the year. I think he'll have a similar trajectory as Jonathan Taylor. Not that he's going to like be a Jonathan Taylor. I just, I don't like making those kind of predictions, but Hmm. I think that he'll have that kind of like second half of the year spike. And by the end of the season, I could easily see him being an RB2. Yeah, I have him currently as my RB22 overall. So that's that's kind of where I have him. Just because I'm no. like, Carter's not bad enough to just be like phased out. Right. Yeah, he well, won't disappear. Yeah. And like the running backs that he's going around, I mean, it's kind of like, am I going to take a dart throw on Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Or am I going to say, you know what, let's try a rookie. I've never seen him play before. Like, we've seen Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We have tape on him. We know Yeah, how, he's bad. That's what like, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is. <laughs> like, let's just call it what it is. He's bad. He's yeah. bad and he's slow. Like... like I think he does a little bit better this year because I think that Kansas City is going to have to actually run the ball a bit more. But like it, we know what this is. It's Patrick Mahomes' offense. They're going to pass the ball. Yeah. Uh, like similarly, there's you could take Miles Sanders ahead of Brees Hall, but I'm like oh, I've also yeah, seen Miles gross. Sanders. I don't want. I don't that, want anything so. to do with them either. And he's <laughs> not go bad. Too. <laughs> like Miles Sanders isn't even bad. Miles Sanders is just like a victim of like the. The universe did not situation. want Miles. <laughs> the universe did not want Miles Sanders to succeed at the NFL level. It just didn't. Like <laughs> once you get drafted to the Eagles as a running back, you might as well just be like, "I'm just retired. I don't know. Like right. I'll, <laughs> I'll never make it." <laughs> I don't. Like I, I think a good plan when you, if you're drafting Brees in that range is to kind of build your team to where in the later rounds you get pick somebody up like uh, I guess Gibson is a good example or Singletary, uh, Rashad Penny, somebody that. We think oh, I can't believe you know you just what, put what Antonio have Gibson value. in with those guys. Why would you do? <laughs> well, I'm just no. I'm just thinking. Like, I'm just looking at a fantasy board. I mean, I feel like it's kind of yeah. Like I mean, I haven't done a redraft uh, recently. I, my redraft leagues are mainly drafting like this week or next week. But I imagine yeah. that's kind of where Gibson is. Falling. Yeah, it actually. And is. I'm just saying, yeah, you take him with somebody that you, we think is going to probably have more value like early on in the season. So like Penny, for example, before you know whether or not you think Kenneth Walker is going to take over, it's probably going to be Penny. For the first few weeks, the same with uh, Singletary in Buffalo as well. So I think if like if you are going to take like fourth or fifth round Brees, uh, you probably should reach for or not reach, but you know look for a back kind of like that that you could supplement with. I agree. I agree. So we're both all right. So Brady, we were everyone was like he's going to do better than eight. We're split on Brees Hall. So let's move on to our next guy, C.D. Lamb. Does he finish better or worse than the wide receiver ten? This one's really tough for me. Uh, here's the thing with CeeDee Lamb. I'm a little bit nervous about this Dallas offense. They just they keep losing players. They've lost offensive linemen. They've lost a couple of receivers already. So I'm a little bit worried from that standpoint. But it's like CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz at this point. Like, right. And Jalen Tolbert. But like those are your guys until Michael Gallup comes back. And so CeeDee Lamb... Should be the number one in this offense, but also we've seen Dallas struggle to actually feed a number one receiver. Like they had Amari Cooper last year, but did not design plays to get him and CD Lamb the ball. So I'm nervous to say that CD Lamb uh, is above wide receiver ten. So I'm actually going to hold on this one, and I'm going <laughs> I'm to say oh, he's like exactly. <laughs> wide receiver 10 because i just i can't legitimize taking him out of the top 10 but 
I don't feel great about his chances to really like hit that top five, top six wide receivers by the end of the year. That's so for me, this was oh, was good. oh no, go ahead. I was saying that was fair. So yeah, for for me, this was actually a, a pretty easy call. So one of my, I guess like bold predictions, or I don't know if this is really a hot take for for this year, is that City Lamb is actually going to lead the NFL in receiving yards. That's pretty so bold. I, I think. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we're going to see one of those big time, like third year receiver breakouts. I mean, remember a few years ago, it used to be, you know, receiver breakouts was year three. Now it's kind of going more towards year two or, I mean, Chase even has guys thinking like if you are, Late year if, you don't, blow up, right, if yeah. you don't blow up rookie year, you're done. But I mean, I, I still think there's a lot to that, that third season, which that's really the first time that a lot of receivers, you know, fully feel comfortable as pros. And I mean, not not to buy into the, you know, vacated targets argument, but I mean, obviously losing, you know, Amari Cooper. I mean, there, there's no way we can really project Lamb to see less targets. I mean, I feel like there is some of the vacated targets if the player is, you know, talented enough to to earn those additional targets. So, yeah, I, I think that he's going to be the next, you know, big, big year three breakout. And yeah, I can I can easily see him having a, a top five season. Just if anything, just for the, the reasons you listed, Austin, outside of uh, Dalton Schultz, who. I mean, to me, I still think the jury is kind of out on him if he's like really an elite player or a breakout. But yeah, outside of him and you know, back banged up Gallup, uh, rookie Jalen Tolbert, who we've you know seen mixed reports on. Uh, I mean, I'm easily saying 150 plus targets and somebody that's a playmaker wow. like Sidney Lamb. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Lamb this year. Wow, that's a that really is like a bold take. Like the problem I have with Sidney Lamb is like he's so talented, right? He seems so talented, but he like disappears. Like, will flat out vanish in a game. And I'm like, what happened? And now this mm-hmm. is a McCarthy offense, right? It should feed their number one receiver. This feels like a Dak problem. And I've always – I all right. I, I'm about to get some heat from Cowboys fans here, but I'm about to say this. Dak Prescott is a very average or below quarterback in the NFL. I've I've never seen a guy held to a pedestal where he never earned it. Like they're just like he's he's fantastic he's uh, he's elite and I'm like in what way like in what way is he elite like why don't they win like why don't they win like, they never win they don't win anything ever like it, they're just bad all the time and it's like oh but Dak's good and the rest of the team's crap they had the best O line for a while they had the best running back for a while they had Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb for a while and and Dalton Schultz like. I feel like yep, he does get a pass. I feel like Dak Prescott's kind of the king of garbage time. Like I feel like he kind of is a garbage time quarterback. Like it just he just doesn't win. He doesn't close. Like and that's my big problem with Dak is I think Dak is very afraid to feed a guy, hmm. and so Dak will look everywhere all over the field. And sometimes like that's to his detriment, right? Like sometimes when you need a play, just go to the good guy. Like, I don't want you throwing like an absolute must have third down conversion last year to like Michael Gallup when you had Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like Aaron okay. Rodgers didn't do that. But here's the thing. Okay. I do not blame Dak Prescott for this because they don't scheme their number one receivers open. They don't have plays where they're like, we're getting CeeDee Lamb the ball no matter what yeah, fucking happens. Right? Like that's what, <laughs> other offenses do that make their number one quarterback so or their number one receiver so effective is they're like i don't care how many guys you try and put on cooper cup he is going to get open and we are going to feed him the ball that's my first thing the second thing is that the problem that happened with this cowboys offense last year that i wish i had wrote this down and if i knew we were going to be talking about cd lamb i would have wrote it down but um robert mays was 
talking about on the athletic football show how basically when teams blitzed Dallas last year, they were incredible. And Dak was incredible at getting the ball down the field to his receivers like CD Lamb. And so teams were like, all right, fine, we won't blitz. And they didn't adjust. And so then all of a sudden, the but did they not adjust or did target, Dak not adjust? You have to, it's both. You have to scheme to play the way the defense is playing you. Like Dak can't just say like, oh, let me design a new offense by myself when he has Kellen Mann and Mike McCarthy telling him, oh, go audible. play these plays. And he, does, he doesn't like call the right audibles. I feel like every time he audibles, it's the wrong call. And me and my dad will joke about this all the time. Dak Prescott drafts Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott in fantasy football. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. I've never seen a man call his own number more in, like, the goal line situation where he shouldn't than Dak Prescott. Like, it's insane. Like, it's – I don't know. And, like, my buddy's a huge Cowboys fan, and, like, every time I bring this up, he just yells at me about it. And I'm like, what has he done that's so spectacular that, like, we have to, like, anoint him this fantastic quarterback? He just is – kind of good at everything but not great at anything like he's basically Kirk Cousins that was yeah that was the exact uh <laughs> the comparison I was I was going to bring up so yeah I definitely agree with you that he's not not in that you know elite elite range that a lot of people like to to put him in but for for fantasy wise and his receivers yeah I, I think he could you know easily be that Kirk Cousins type that you know is, is good enough to to get somebody as talented as Lamb into that that top five range so he's at least a tier above Kirk Cousins. Like he's not it both in fantasy and in the NFL. Like that's just I don't not know. Fair. I don't I'm not putting him there. Actually. If, freak, if you put Dak Prescott in Minnesota's offense, you're telling me they wouldn't win the NFC. As a matter of fact, I have Kirk Cousins as my the QB fifteen. <laughs> I have Kirk Cousins wow. as my QB fifteen and Dak as my QB sixteen. So I actually mm, do have Kirk right Cousins there, above. Right. You also have <laughs> Justin Fields as your quarterback five. So like I already know that I'm not paying that's attention. That's true. To that. <laughs> That's true. I hey, don't I'm with you on the field type. <laughs> Another one of my guys. <laughs> yeah. See, it's that's it, it is the way. Uh, that is the way. All right. Let's talk about tight ends. And this one is probably the most confusing player right now that I'm trying to figure out their value. Darren Waller, is he better or worse than the tight end five? Uh, I guess I'll go yeah. with this one. Um, I said, I'll. I'll go ahead and take the the over, or I'll t- I'll say he'll he'll be slightly better. So I guess if I yep if I ranked it out, I would still have him in that that four or five range, kind of right behind Kelsey Andrews. Um, I'll still I still prefer Kittle over Waller. So Waller Waller would kind of come in right at four for me. So Pitts so, yeah. falls behind Waller. Oh, you know what? Nope. Um, yep, you're right. I'm overlooking Pitts. Yeah, Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're right. Waller Waller would kind of right be in that that five range, but. Again, if I just if I had to call it, I would still call the the better. So I think he would slip in over either like Kittle or Pitts or someone, or even I don't yeah. know, maybe even you know Andrews takes a step back with if Bateman steps it's up. It's going to be Travis Kelsey, just to let you know. Oh, Travis well, that's, that's a hot take for you. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's my tight end five. You heard it here first. Oh man, yeah, that's a super hot take. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, mean, I just think because of the like the the landscape of tight end. I mean, first of all, he doesn't really have much competition. Like outside of you know the the five that we named, even if he has a, a down year, I don't think he falls you know outside of that that five or six. Uh, but again, I I uh, believe that just adding Adams will actually end up helping him out 
uh, okay. just on the offense. Uh, I mean, he's not that you're ever putting your your number one corner on Darren Waddle on a, a regular basis. Maybe somebody like Ramsey would shadow him, but I mean, now it's probably going to be if you're bracketing in Adams, then you got uh, you got Waller one on one with either a slot corner linebacker or safety on a constant basis and Renfro is doing what he's doing in the middle of the field I think he he can't things can kind of open up from from down the field and again like I said there's not much competition in the the tight end landscape so tight so top top four or five doesn't even have to be crazy numbers for him. he feels like the tight end version of the running back dead zone right like he just because he's gonna cost like a third round pick I feel like and I'm just like that's Feels well, yeah, too that's early too high. to draft yeah, him, right? Like there. it's yeah. just too early. I don't know if I can justify Darren Waller not being the guy anymore. He's probably the third option, honestly, now because Renfro came on strong and Adams is Devontae Adams. So you know, that's gonna Austin. Where do you have him? I need to know. Yeah, so I am going to say that he finishes higher than tight end five this year, and I think I agree with Andrew's point that I think having Devonte Adams in this offense actually does really help Darren Waller. They're not going to be able to just focus on Waller the way that they have in the past. Also Waller missed several games last year. And that's part of the reason he had a quote unquote down season. Um, but I think that he ends up and also the Las Vegas Raiders, they just had a volatile season overall. Like they had so much going on from week it to was, week it was between insane coaching drama, the Henry Ruggs situation. Like it was just an, it was, there was, they were set up to fail from the get go. And so I kind of see last year as a bit of an outlier for Waller. So I can see him easily finishing in the top five. And he's also, he's going in the fourth round by ADP in drafts right now. I feel fairly comfortable with that. Like if I'm getting a tight end early, I'm doing it in the first four to five rounds, which means I'm almost always getting a tight end in the first four to five rounds because mm-hmm. I just, I, I do don't want to play that game. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't want to play the game. I'm very vocal about the fact that I hate the tight end position in fantasy football. And because of that, I would just bite the bullet, draft a tight end early. So I don't have to stress about it later on. Yeah, yeah. If I don't get, I, I feel like if I don't get Pitts or Andrews, I'm probably just gonna punch Travis Kelsey on the position. No, no, I don't want Travis Kelsey. Right, well, he, he's definitely not getting him. He, he has him ranked five. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, those were those were pretty. Those are pretty solid takes right there. So we're gonna move on to our next segment, um, and this one's a little bit fun. So let's get to it. Week one is almost upon us, and we have some fun matchups coming up. We've all waited so long. We've made it like winter has come and gone, and we've survived the White Walkers, and now it's time to play some football. Our first matchup, I want to know, would you start or sit? Are you comfortable starting, or are you much more comfortable sitting Drake London against the New Orleans Saints in week one? So I'll take this one first because, you know, this is my boy on the Falcons home team. So I'm going to sit Drake London just mostly because I don't like starting rookies week one in fantasy football. And that might make me too conservative of a player because I'm playing for the floor and not the upside. But I tend to just never start rookies week one. I drafted Justin Jefferson when he was a rookie and I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep him on my bench for the first few weeks and see what he does there. But not only that, the New Orleans Saints defense is nothing to mess with, particularly that secondary. I mean, if 
you get some of those guys going one-on-one against Drake London, like he's going to get the heat week one. It's going to be a very different ball game from what he had during the preseason. And last season, New Orleans was 18th against wide receivers and PPR leagues. So they don't give up a lot of scoring to the receiver position. I'd say the one thing that is in favor of starting Drake London is I do imagine the Falcons will be losing this game. And so they will need to pass the ball (laughs) to uh, try and pull out some miracle against the saints. But I don't feel super comfortable about it until I see what this offense looks like for four quarters of a regular season game. All right. Andrew, do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I I wish I could make a good argument here, but I'm, 100% 100% with you. I mean, he's he's going to see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore, probably. Uh, I, I'm actually pretty sure he hasn't returned to practice yet from the, the knee injury, which, at, I mean, at this point, I, I mean, are we starting to get concerned? Cause, probably, uh, yeah. yeah it was, this was, what, two or three weeks ago He's he's been out of practice. But, again, even the, the elite rookies like Jefferson and, and Chase, they didn't really come out of the gate strong. Like You, you kind of just have to – to sit on them and, you know, wait for them to, to kind of have that. that they do wind up with. being very touchdown dependent, right? Like early in their, yep. for sure. Early, like early seasons. Yeah. Yep. And so, we don't, yeah, we don't really, unfortunately, Austin, we, we don't really project a lot of touchdowns out of the no. Falcons offense at, the, at this point. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to, to see what, what Drake does, but yeah, I'm definitely not starting against Nola. All right. Well, sit Drake London. That's consensus. All right. Let's get this one. Kareem Hunt against Carolina week one. Do we like Kareem Hunt this week? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, to me, I've, Kareem Hunt over the last couple of years has always just kind of been an overrated fantasy asset, at least in my eyes. So I mean, I know he has the you know the end of the year finishes a lot of times. That kind of you know we we look back and say, oh, Kareem Hunt was an RB one or you know top twenty four. But I mean, when you look week to week, a lot of it is just kind of touchdown dependent. When he gets those like blow up games where he's either vulturing from Chubb or he breaks off a you know 40 or 50 yard touchdown play yeah he's, yeah he's really not a reliable or you know predictable starter week to week and especially when you you're seeing guys like uh like Ford and Dearness Johnson kind of merge out of the backfield I mean the I don't know it's preseason but like those, those dudes legit like look good Dearness Johnson is a good football player just buried in a depth chart that he shouldn't be like why not just trade him like someone needs him someone could use him you would think so, but I feel like just the the market for for RBs in general is just so so tough. Like you rarely see these RBs actually get get traded. Yeah, he he like looks so good sometimes, and I'm like, is Nick <laughs> Chubb actually good, or is it just like That's true so like, cleanly <laughs> that like like why is because Deion Johnson's like, oh, I'll just throw up a hundred yard game, and it's yeah, like everybody it's like, back there. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone's just like running for five yards a carry, and then they're like, well, Nick Chubb's the best pure runner in the NFL. I'm like. Is he? Because, right. like, he's replaceable by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, right? I guess. But, yeah, no, I just, yeah, Hunt, he's just, yeah, he's he's typically uh, somebody that I'm, I'm always picking somebody else on the, the board around him. So, yeah, I'm pro- probably not going to start him personally. Not even as a flex? No, probably not. I'll probably have, yeah, look for a receiver with some, some more upside. All right. Austin, you starting Kareem Hunt? Most likely not. It depends a bit on my lineup. I would consider him in a flex spot. And the reason, the main reason for that is this is going to be a revenge game for Baker Mayfield. I think Carolina started the year hot last year. I think they do it again. They've got Christian McCaffrey back and a pissed off Baker Mayfield. So I think they're going to be leading and 
I imagine that when they get in the lead, that Kareem Hunt's going to get more snaps uh, because he tends to be utilized more in the pass game. So I think the game script might lend itself towards Kareem Hunt, but I don't expect this to be a terribly high-scoring matchup. So I'm unless it's like Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, I'm avoiding most players in this matchup in Week One. Um, I would consider Kareem Hunt no in a flex Visca. spot, but <laughs> yeah, no Visca. <laughs> um, so I will let you guys know that Kareem Hunt's going around the eighth or ninth round in redrafts, which is a starter spot, right? Like yeah. that's where a starter is drafted. So you guys think he's being overdrafted in that case? No, I think over the season, like he is good enough and consistent enough to be a solid starter. And really, eighth, ninth spot, I mean, if you haven't drafted a quarterback by that point, you're starting to dip into your bench a little bit, depending on how many roster spots your league has. So I think that's pretty appropriate. Like he's a player that is really good to have on your bench, particularly if Nick Chubb gets hurt and you can start as a flex spot. He's a great bye week fill in. He's also someone that you're going to struggle to trade for or get off the waiver. So I think drafting him there is fine. I don't feel like he's being overdrafted right now. See, I, I, I won't have any shares because I think he he actually is not as good as like, a lot of people say when Chubb is out. Like when you go back and look at the time that, that Chubb missed, he I want to say those were actually his worst games for, <laughs> no. for some reason. Kareem Hunt can't fill in for him to Ernest Johnson time. It's again. It's, exactly it's right. He, Kareem Hunt did not do nearly as good as Ernest did filling in for Chubb. I'll, I'll say that, but oh, yeah, man. I just I feel like there, there's probably going to be some, like I said, some other other wide receiver in that that eight or nine round range that I would going to take a, a shot on nine times out of ten over Hunt. I'm with you. I honestly I view Kareem Hunt. I think the reason he's not succeeding as much in Cleveland is I think Kareem Hunt's just a very elite third down option, right? Like he's a really good pass catching back. He can do the first and second down stuff, but he's at his best when he's kind of in open space, right, and just right. gets that kind of going. I think he struggles sometimes between the tackles, and I think that just can kind of hurt him. Which is why, if Caroline is leading and they're playing more from behind, it would lend itself to having him in a flex spot. (laughs) Yes. So I don't foresee – so all right, I'm going to put this out there because we got time, and I'm just going to say this. Everyone who's expecting Baker Mayfield is pop off because he's a Carolina Panther now and like he's playing the Browns. He has something to prove. Like he's had something to prove the entire time. He's the number one overall pick. And if that's not motivation enough for you to like be good, <laughs> um, I don't think getting traded and being like you're bad is going to be enough to get him going. I think Baker Mayfield is just bad. Um, <laughs> he was hurt last year. Yeah, like, what about the years before? He's just not good. He's not that great. He's he like fine. He's fine. From an NFL perspective, like he he's can not, he, win you he's, games. He's, he's a low-end starter. He's a low-end starter. Like, he's a bridge quarterback at this point. Like, that's what I view I mean, him as. every quarterback that's gone to Carolina in the past four years has been a bridge quarterback. So, yeah, of course he's a bridge quarterback, but he's a— I just mean in general. Like, he, you can't rely on Baker Mayfield to be, like, your, your franchise guy anymore. Like, the Cleveland Browns tried, and give him credit. They tried for Baker Mayfield. They could have had Lamar Jackson, but they didn't. If I was the GM there, they would have. And, you know, that would have been fine. But no one wanted to hire me. So, you know, you got Baker Mayfield, and now you have Deshaun Watson. So, you know, 
deal with yeah, that. I typically don't buy into the revenge narratives, but there, if there is any player to buy it, it's got to be Baker, right? Like the dude is just. Uh, but like, here's the thing: is the Browns don't like him either. Like the players didn't like him, so Miles Garrett's going to come after him with everything he has. Watch out, helmets might swing. Helmets helmet. might swing. Like he may just come out to start bashing him over the head just to like, send a message. A yeah, like like everyone's like, well, Baker's going to be out for blood. Well, so are the Browns because they hated him. Like it just was a bad combination. Yeah, so cannot wait like, to see that game. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game. There's going to be a brawl that breaks out, right? It's absolutely going to happen. If there's oh, over under, sure. if, a, if a brawl breaks out, I'm put, I'm like, I will take money on that. So it'll be like a joint practice fight. Never <laughs> literally, it'll just be like that Aaron Donald practice. He'll have like two Miles Garrett will up into two helmets and just start swinging like mad. Like, uh, he's got to get a third helmet now because Aaron Donald's one up to him. He's going to have his going to be headbutting people and like bashing everyone else. It's going to be it's going to be wild. So, all right. Speaking of wide receivers in your flex spot. Hunter Renfro, Austin, start us out. Do you feel good about starting Hunter Renfro? Oh, I took some notes on this because he's I'm feeling playing the, the Chargers. Yeah, he's playing the Chargers. I mean, it's a little bit tough. So the Chargers last year actually were pretty good against receivers. Uh, they only they averaged giving up about 30 points to receivers last season, but they averaged giving up 17 points a game to tight ends. And so this could be a big Darren Waller game. And between that and Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro could be a forgotten man in this offense. I will say if I have Hunter Renfro, I'm playing him this week, though, because, oh, my gosh, it's the AFC West and it's <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers playing Las Vegas. Like, it's going to be a high scoring game. It's one of the highest uh, total slates, the total lines on the slate for the week. I think the over under set at like 52 points. So <laughs> there's going to be a lot of gunslinging and I want access to whatever part of that offense I can get. Although I will also just note that the Los Angeles Chargers also averaged 27 points to running backs per game last year. Now, they've mm. been working on that defense, so maybe they have figured out their run yeah, game. Yeah, remember, defense, they, brought in, they brought in Khalil Mack, so that, that you're not going to have time to sit back in that pocket for too long anymore. Yeah, and so it could it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but hey, Vegas is saying that it's going to be a high-scoring game, so I'm going to run with that and get as much access to this offense as I can. Andrew, you agree? Uh, yep. Again, I'm pretty much with, with Austin here. So my philosophy with Winfro is pretty much any like high <laughs> high expected scoring game, so over you know 50 points over under, I'll probably like flex them in. And versus you know lower lower scoring games that expected, I'm probably not going to play on too much. Because, uh, yeah, I'm of the, the same mindset that I think it'll be Devontae Adams and Darren Waller over Winfro. Um, and I'm sure he'll, you know, he'll have his moments in his game because I mean, he's still, he's a good, he's a good player. He's a good athlete. And he's, he's a good player, right underrated player. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was watching, uh, what was it, that podcast, The Pivot? And, you know, Ryan, Ryan Clark were just talking about how, how underrated Renfro is and how he just doesn't, doesn't really get his respect. I think as if, a, if a Hunter Renfro player. was a better looking guy, He'd be more respected. It's that picture, the picture that he's taking of like, like with no shirt like holding the grapes. <laughs> it's the comb over. It's just the whole thing's like bad start to finish. Like it's just it's a you rough. Don't want that on your fantasy team. Yeah, like yeah. Sometimes I go through my fantasy team, right, and I want to see. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Like I like looking at my lineup. I'm like, oh, it's a good looking lineup, right? Like you don't want ugly people on your lineup. It messes everything up. Like, want to intimidate yeah. people off the bus. Right? That's right. Like I'm a pretty team. Like I, I I pick my players like Belichick does. It's all handsome people. 
Like just really, <laughs> right. good, really good looking <laughs> guys. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, he'll do he'll do fine in the the blowout blowout games. But he could you know easily just kind of get kind of get lost behind the the two monsters, monster hog or target hogs in uh Adams and Waller. Yeah. So all right, I have my last start sit, and it's one of my favorite players in the NFL. Do you feel comfortable starting Chris Godwin week one against the Dallas Cowboys? Andrew, start us off. I'll definitely be tempted, but man, after getting, I got burned by Cortland Sutton last year so much. I just, I can't trust these receivers coming off the, the ACL, especially somebody like Godwin who tore his in what was it, November or December. Yeah, yeah, maybe even December, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it has, yeah, not even close to a, a full year. Um, so I'm, I'm still holding in, in Dynasty. He's probably actually a good Dynasty buy right now. But as far as as far as redraft, I'm probably going to end up end up staying away from Godwin because I think he's still being drafted as like a top 24 receiver, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And that's uh, funny enough where I kind of have him. I have him. I'm pretty bullish on Chris Godwin, and that might be my hard talk. And I have him on my wide receiver 12. I think with TB12 back oh, wow. there. And that ta- I truly believe at full health, Chris Godwin is one of the top like six wide receivers in the NFL, just period, end mm-hmm. of story. Like he's just that good. Um, I think he made a mistake, honestly, re-signing in Tampa. He could have gone somewhere and made a lot of money like Chicago uh, mm-hmm. and really like solidified himself as a star. But Austin, do you feel comfortable starting Chris Godwin week one against the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I think the thing here that I'm concerned about is do we even think he starts? Like, I don't know. I could see him not playing week one. I I haven't seen a report saying that he is locked in for week one. And so I'm going to be watching the injury report at noon to make sure that he's starting. And if he starts, I'm playing him because he's Chris Godwin. He's getting passes from Tom Brady. And the spread for this matchup is one and a half points. This is going to be a tight game, which I think is going to, again, lend itself to a lot of passing opportunities. And Tom Brady, I mean, Tampa Bay already is passing the ball plenty. So you had it right the Godwin first time. Starts. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, the Tampa scheme, Bay Tom Brady's <laughs> the scheme. Yeah, <laughs> the Tampa Bay's going to throw the ball a ton, and if Chris Godwin's on the field, like he is always potential to Open. have five to ten receptions <laughs> and a touchdown. I yeah. do worry a little bit about him coming off slow from the ACL injury, but if he's starting, I'm going to play him just because of the upside. I feel this is a little bit different than kind of the take I had earlier on uh, Drake London, where I have some uncertainty with him, but the uncertainty with him is I've never seen him play in the NFL, right? Chris Godden, I know what he looks like in the NFL and sure he might be coming so off of injury, but the thing is if he starts, it's probably because he feels good. Like I don't think Tampa Bay is going to rush him back, right? He's got a three year contract. They need him for the next three seasons to keep them competitive. So I imagine if he starts, he's going to be looking pretty good, and I will be starting him in my lineup. So I just want to say this for all our listeners and for you guys as well. So I am a huge Chris Godwin fan, and my Twitter will back that up. This podcast very was very close to being called the Glory Be to Godwin podcast. Uh, so <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that was my fantasy team last year, and that oh, was the man. podcast I wanted to start. And uh, I might steal that name. <laughs> episode, episode title. <laughs> yeah, that this is the episode title. Like for sure, it is the glory be to Godwin episode. Um, nice. For some reason, I do episode. I do title my episodes on like Spotify and stuff. I don't just call it like episode one, episode two. Like my last one was. My last one was get swifty. Ooh. 
So like what a foreshadowing there too with the new album release. Who wait, who's who's releasing a new album? Oh Taylor Swift. Swifty. Okay. Oh yeah. I guess that's the only one. I was like, am I releasing an album? I don't know about it. Um be or am I? Uh no, I'm not. Um so that would be something. Check the sound out. Check the sound out. Um, anyway, I just, I just need, I need Julio to have one more big year. He, he can't like Julio cannot go out like he did. I agree. I yes, like yeah. Let's talk about this. I'm, I'm actually going to forego this next segment, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Julio Jones instead because that's actually a way more compelling topic. What do we think about Julio Jones? Are we, are we okay with Julio Jones? Like we drafting him? We're, we're in. Oh man, <laughs> I liked that Julio so much last year. <laughs> Like, oh my god! I can't believe you idiots let Julio fall. <laughs> I mean, at this point, again, I'm my redraft ADP is a bit off, but he. Does it, do you have any idea where what we're looking at? Uh, I could pull him up. Yeah, I, I just. It's not like when he was on the field, he was just like terrible. It wasn't like an Allen Robertson situation where, yeah, he's active and starting and playing, and yeah, you're you're just like, what happened to him? His ADP is currently one fifty one. Yeah, he's going as according to uh, fantasy pros, wide receiver sixty one. Oh, okay. Yes, I mean, yeah. If you're grabbing (laughs) the the end of right, that, that makes me feel a lot better about it. So yeah, I mean, if you could pick him up at the the end where guys like you know Chenault or whatnot are going, then why, why not? Because <laughs> again, like I was saying before, it wasn't like a situation where you know Allen Robinson where he was <laughs> playing all the snaps and we just weren't getting any numbers. He just couldn't couldn't finish the games. Yeah, uh, Hammy's kept kept giving out on him, but I I think like if he's active and healthy, then yeah, he, he can pop off it at any time. So at that price, yeah, I'm I'm fine with Julio. Yeah, my only problem here is like. Yeah, he could pop off any time, but when? And that's why I will be avoiding him in redraft. Is I don't know that I'll be able to predict what weeks he'll be on versus off. Now, if Godwin isn't starting week one, maybe Julio gets more time in the lineup. If Russell but Gage it seems gets like hurt, Julio's the number three receiver there now, right? Like that's what I'm seeing. It seems to be now. Tom Brady has a way, like that little father time magic. He has. He turns back that right. clock a little I bit think on Tom guys. Brady will I mean, like yeah. what AB did. AB was pretty much a part-time player, but he was a borderline wide receiver one because when he was, he was on the field, last year. He like, was Brady last knew exactly Brady knew exactly how how to use him. And I also think Brady will throw actually throw to him in the end zone, like his or in the red zone. Like Julio Jones his, really suffered. I'm sorry, Austin. Julio Jones suffered. Because of no. Matt Ryan. Stop. Julio Jones suffered. No. Suffered. No. He suffered because he has hamstring issues. No. Because he's no. aging and he can barely no. stay on the field. No. Do not he's come at me with this Matt from, Ryan. Bro, Matt Ryan. And also, boo Matt Ryan this year, too. He's trash. All right. <laughs> trash. Well, hey, I, I need him to uh, hold up my boy Pittman. That's he's not my gonna. guy. He's not gonna. So I'm gonna let oh, you know right now. If he couldn't support Julio Jones, team. he can't support Michael Pittman. Like it's, it's just Julio like, Jones is never on the field. Julio Jones didn't want to be on the field. He was embarrassed. That's what was going on. <laughs> he, he refused to play. He's like, you're not gonna throw to me in the end zone. I'm I'm three feet taller than everyone else out here, and you're not throwing to me in the end zone. Yeah, you're three feet taller until you're reaching down for your hamstring because it got pulled again. Yeah, Julio Jones deserved better in his career than Matt Ryan. You give oh him Tom God. Brady, and he breaks Moss's touchdown record, no doubt. Okay, love I'm it. Looking, yeah, no Gronk. He's about to slide right into that Gronk roll. 
Okay. Put him, in. Put him as a tight end. Whoa. Put him as a tight end. He's got, he got another five years in the league if you put him at tight end. Okay. <laughs> so my thing with Julio Jones for fantasy is that um, I worry about the injuries. He might be the wide receiver three, but again, like this is one of the things I want to see it on the field before I feel good about it. And where, I mean, where he's going in fantasy drafts, like, okay, why not take the dart throw? But he's not somebody I'm starting week one, right? Like I'm taking him to see what happens. And I might throw a dart on him in a best ball league to see what happens. But what if Godwin might, is in, in active week one? Would you do it? If Godwin is in active week one? Yeah, would you see, I don't know. Because here's the thing. Scotty Miller, he's not a bad football player. And he's not. He's maybe not who we want for fantasy We're not, football. We are not putting Julio Jones's name in the same conversation as Scotty Miller, are no, we? I'm just saying, <laughs> if Chris Godwin is inactive, I could see them have Mike Evans and Russell Gage be the one and the two, uh, and Julio Jones and Scotty Miller rotating that, in as the guy third that running Ryan back. Ruined. Russell Gage, two guys <laughs> when it got rescued. Stop. Gage is that good. <laughs> Okay. They went to Tom Brady to be rescued by Matt from Matt Ryan. All right, that's the end of the Matt Ryan slander. <laughs> Refugees. Say, <laughs> like, come to me, I'll save you. Um, <laughs> but we have reached the end of our show, which means I get to ask you guys rapid fire questions because, well, it's my show and I can do whatever I want. So, <laughs> ready? This is going to be. We're just going to start with Andrew, then we'll go to Austin, and it's just answer off the top of your head as best you can. Okay. These have nothing to do with football at all. (laughs) This is to get to go know you guys as people. I'm interested. Listeners are interested. Let's start. Andrew, who's your favorite artist or band right now? Uh, John Legend. That's easy. I named my dog after him. Austin. Yellow card. Awesome. Andrew, what's your useless talent? Oh, man. Uh, all right, this is completely random, but I have a good—I have a good knack for if, so let's say I'm finished like watching a, a show or something, and I, I'm switching to a different device. I have a good knack of knowing exactly where I left off the show and like putting it where I need to watch it and dropping it there and boom, there. All just right, putting it right there. So that feels very again, useful. Again, and the only reason I brought that up because I was just joking with my wife about it a couple hours ago. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> Andrew's just like we were 26 minutes and 34 seconds into the show. Bang. Exactly. Yeah, but for, seriously though, I'm like, oh wow, that was exactly where I watched it. It happens all the time. So that's that's all I got. <laughs> Austin, what's your useless talent? Uh, I once memorized 403 digits of pi. <laughs> was it like a competition? Yeah, I held the record for the county I grew up in for a couple of years. Oh, nice! Wow, that's a flex of some sort. Um, <laughs> How many can you get to now? <laughs> Is that is that how you like you like met your partner and you're like I know four hundred three digits of no pie. actually my pickup line was I really know how to make a good chicken that was it uh, yeah yeah I look it's a joke to this day but no lie for whatever reason first day that I thought I would flex on the fact that I can make really good chicken for dinner she stuck wow. with me I mean it, it worked, worked. It worked. Yeah. so maybe more people should be offering their culinary chicken skills um andrew what's your favorite ice cream flavor i'm pretty basic chocolate awesome yeah same i'm chocolate very basic all right 
what emoji do you guys use most often? For me, it's the the laughing emoji with the little sweat thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think mine is the laughing emoji, but like just not the the one where it's angled a bit. So it's like extra laughing, rolling over laughing, or whatever it is. Yeah, with, I, with the tears. Yeah, yeah, I think that's mine too. Actually, that might be mine. Um, all right, how about this? Are aliens real? I would say yes, but not like what we see on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, at first, I was like, no, but I was like, wait a minute, I'm pretty confident I believe yes, that life <laughs> on other planets. Like, I know that I believe in that, but then I was like, I was yeah, like, no, no, maybe, yes, the, <laughs> the the aliens from uh, the Jimmy Neutron movie. Like, nah, that ain't happening. But <laughs> all right, yeah, something's out there. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite random fact? A fact about anything. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll start with mine. If space wasn't know. a vacuum, the sun would make all of us go deaf. It's so loud. Really? It's loud, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's that loud. So is it just like the gases? It's like, just like with everything exploding. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> loud. It would just like deafen all gas of us. Gases erupted. That reminds me. All right. Never mind. Um... <laughs> Oh, I, I thought I went. Oh, I, I read this once. Um, did you know uh, an ostrich's eyeballs are bigger than its brain? Oh, that's weird. really stupid. <laughs> that's a weird one. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. That is a weird one. I was gonna like throw a fantasy football one in here and be like, "Did you know that Dave Montgomery was the top ten running back weeks ten to seventeen? Because I love that <laughs> fact. But um, this guy's actually purple. But our eyes can't recognize the frequency of the light waves that come from the sky. So we see it as blue, but it's actually purple. Oh, I have another one. So a lot of people think that the moon is a meteor that got caught in Earth's orbit. It is not. The Earth was hit by a meteor and it's a hunk of Earth spinning in our orbit. So when you stepped on the moon, you just stepped on dried out Earth. (laughs) So... That wasn't that much of an accomplishment. Um, all right. Last question, guys. Did you have fun? Oh, absolutely, man. This was a blast. Awesome. I did until you started talking shit about Matt Ryan. <laughs> I ruined his experience. I was fine. And then I got all fired up. That was pretty and pretty harsh, Yeah. Austin's like, do not tag me in any of this. I don't want to be associated with this show and bleep out everything I've said. <laughs> guys, thank you so, so much for being on here. Uh Everyone listening, make sure to like, share, follow these two on Twitter because they're giving out the good stuff. Uh, remember, fantasy, uh, backfields are meant for bell cows. Fantasy is meant to be in a committee. Here we do not believe it's goodbye. It's just till next time. Guys, till next time, thank you so much. Have a great night, and we'll see you later. See you.